Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Scene Through Glass. Oh, I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week on YouTube. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most podcast players. We hope you enjoy the episode. I hate to be repetitive on these episodes, but I want to launch straight in and pick up on the Artura story. I know, yeah. Because last week we spoke about it in quite a bit of detail, yeah. but obviously I hadn't really driven the car yet. All I'd done is collect it from the McLaren Technology Centre. Yeah. And I then went on to drive it into Wales, and I made the video which went live on the main channel uh, on the weekend. Which I actually watched. Did you? I watched the whole video. No, you didn't. All 22 minutes, and 22 minutes that I'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. How many of my videos do you think you watch? Realistically, be honest, I'm not going to be offended. No, no, I know you wouldn't be offended, and I'll tell you the truth. Uh, not many, mate. No. I mean, for a guy that's on the internet, as in me, I really don't go on the internet. I don't really go on Instagram unless I post something. I I, I check stories every now and then. I used to be like a real advocate of it. I used to go... Advocate. Same thing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure it was. I think you said Africa, but anyway. No, yeah. Africa. I think, oh, anyway, I got it wrong. Avocado. Uh, yeah. yeah. But um, now I couldn't care less. I literally couldn't care less. And I watch bits of... you. I've said this before. I watch bits of YouTube. But... Just occasionally. The problem is we talk every day, mate. Well, that's the thing. I was literally about to say, why would you watch the videos? Because I tell you exactly what I filmed and what I've done. tell me everything, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know all about it before it, the video goes live. For sure. But do I, do I not watch them because I don't enjoy them? Because when I do watch them, I do enjoy them. And I don't want to blow smoke up your bum. Please do. I need no. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do enjoy what, what, you know, they are put together very well. And I've always told you that. And you do the job properly, which is always nice to see. Um, but yeah, I just don't watch a lot full stop. No, fair enough. I know you're very active on Snapchat. No, <laughs> I don't have that. Or TikTok or nothing. But I think you're right. I think when you're in something, you consume it less. I think it's like, the famous thing is, don't work in your hobby. Or No, that's not the famous thing. Basically, it's it's when you mix what you love with what you do. But do you, but we do that with cars, by the way, because- 100%. Do you watch a lot of... No. Yeah. I Well, that's a lie. I do watch a lot of YouTube. I watch very little automotive YouTube. Yeah. Like, barely any. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm surrounded by it. I'm doing it. I know most of the other people doing it. So, I'm speaking to them offline more than I'm speaking to them online. 
every now and again, I might jump in and see what somebody's up to, or they might have reviewed a car or, or driven a car that I'm really interested by. But more times than not, I'll see the thumbnail or the photo and I'll just text them. Say, what was that like? Yeah. Rather than watch the video. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, funny old one that. But anyway, Artura. But do you look at some of your, do you look at some of your, I don't want to say competitors. I mean, they are, unfortunately. You all do compete in the same space. Um, but do you look at some of their work sometimes and get a little bit of inspiration or not? But do you, you know, mm, my inspiration tends to come outside of automotive. Okay, Again, good. you know, because of what I consume. Um, c- yeah, competitors are a weird way to phrase it. I don't see any of them as competitors. Okay, there will be moments where we go up for the same commercial deals and then that is a tad more competitive because you are kind of arguing why a brand should partner with or sponsor you um, as opposed to somebody else. But in terms of views... I don't see it particularly competitive because everyone's got their own thing going on. Yeah. You know, it's just like with me, like I, I if a new car comes out and I haven't driven it and I want to watch the view videos, I might watch a few, but I'll, or I'll go to someone that I like. I don't know. It's uh it's a weird one, but yeah, most of my inspiration comes from, from other kinds. I think the only time I watch car stuff as well on the internet is if it's a car I've just bought or I'm waiting for. Like I've consumed all the two nine six. Yeah, as we know. Yeah, freaked, freaked yourself out. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. but but I've, you know, down the years, I, I mm. always dip in. Although I don't always pay attention to it, but I always dip in to see what people say about them. Well, to bring it back to the point I've been trying to make for about ten minutes now, the Artura. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't watched any content on the Artura. Actually, that's that's a. I didn't even know it was here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> until you be- told me before I'd driven it, I really hadn't watched any videos, and I actually at the weekend went and watched a load of content because I was like, am I a bit mad? Like, have I really drunk in the cooler? Did McLaren just do a really good job of briefing me? And they did all the spark of laying out the beautiful cars in the MTC. Like, <laughs> like Ferrari and we do this. Literally. Yeah. They don't need to do it with me. Yeah, They don't need to do it with me. I just arrived in Italy. I'm like, oh my God, I <laughs> yeah. love Ferrari. Yeah. But uh, so I sort of panicked. But then so I went and watched uh, Matt Farah, Smoking Tire, one of my favorite uh, American YouTube channels, but also automotive channels anyway. He absolutely loved the car too. Uh, Harry Metcalf, Harry's Garage. He also said very good things. Um, they were the two that I really watched. I skimmed through. There was the third one on another American channel, but very little content on the R2 in general. But yeah, fundamentally, absolutely loved the car. And I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, I, I went back and listened to the voice notes that I sent you whilst we were, whilst I was filming the car. And let me see, there may be swear words in this, so let's Ozzy see. Ozzy, not this, a shot, mate. Let's see how this worked out. Um, so the first one I sent was. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I just Googled McLaren Artura price. Uh-oh. And Tony thought at that point I was saying it was overpriced because he just replies, how much? Start at 189. So list price is 50 grand less than 296. But I was Googling it because I want to buy it. <laughs> and then I went in on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was genuinely that excited and have remained that excited by that car. Dude, it's brilliant. Yeah. It is. It is really a fantastic daily supercar. But when it... When it... Really? No. Not again. My phone has made a weird noise. Carry but on. when have we when have we not ever said that, that fundamentally m- McLarens are brilliant? As in, as a machine. Absolutely. We've always, We've always said the McLarens are good, but I've always said on their day. Yes. that That's always been my point, is the McLarens are brilliant on the right road in the right weather, when you've got, you know... No traffic and just have a blast. This is a McLaren, which is good in every scenario. 
But you had it for two or three days. Sure, but I put it through almost every scenario. I had it on a sunny day when I collected it from MTC. I drove it here on a rainy day to do the podcast in traffic in and around town. I drove it 500 miles to Wales and back. Really good, mate. So you, you, you've got something that does what every other car in the country does. No, it's yeah. a dude. It's a, okay, drives so in what? the rain. It drives in the sun. You've driven it farther. I mean, what do you expect? Two hundred odd grand. So it should. It's a supercar, mate. That's a ridiculous thing to say. It's like, oh, it's just like a Polo. Can a Polo do what a McLaren Artura does? Well, no. no but okay, no. let's compare it with other supercars then. Do you have any other doubts of any other any other supercar brands that won't do what that Artura done the other day? I'm talking about the breadth of capability here. So hold on a sec. You can literally. So what? This is the biggest thing. Is what are its competitors? It's so hard to work out. But 911 Turbo S, way more dynamic and exciting and engaging than the Turbo S, I would say. Fair hands enough. down. Probably more practical and more comfortable. Fair. What else do you put it up against? MC20, again, MC, much prefer. MC20, nice, yeah. Nicer sure. interior, yeah. more equipment, nicer sounding engine, better on the road, ride comfort, all of that stuff. 296 is faster and more Ferrari, but... The UI, the user interface, awful in the 296 because all those stupid buttons on the steering wheel yeah. or non-buttons. I don't, I don't think it's fair to compare it to the 296 because no. that's a level up. That'll be the, the 720 replacement. Like, so what else do you compare it with? Well, I think you're right. I mean, you can compare it to whatever you like, but the way you described it then, it was like it's a revolution for a, no. for a supercar. I mean, all super what you've just described... All supercars should do that. I never in, said it was a revolution. I'm cutting you off at the... It was the way you were talking. No. Like there was excited. I, I am excited. <laughs> I'm talking about in terms of usable supercar. It's yeah. the most dailyable and usable supercar. It, it, it does blow others out of the water. You say that's what all supercars should do. I sort of disagree that I think supercars shouldn't be that good at doing everything. But they but, all are now, mate. They all are within reason. Yeah. So we'll come on to it in a second, but I recently went up to test drive those four 2 plus 2 Super GTs, the Roma, the Turbo S, the DBS, and the Bentley Continental. They are all within that kind of, yeah, say Super GT. They're not supercars, but Super GTs. And a lot of them are flawed in many ways. So they don't all tick every single box. This car really does tick almost every box. It just only has two seats. Yeah, but... but, but. That's why I always come back and say, overall, as an all-round car, the Turbo S is the best one. It's not, though. The, the, the Artura now beats it. Right, fair. The Artura now beats it. it okay. It's definitely more comfortable. It's got a, a wider breadth of capabilities. It's more dynamic. It's more exhilarating. Um, it's smoother and comfier. The engine is so buttery smooth. The gear, Genuinely, mate. I, I'm speaking to a dealer. That, <laughs> I, no, 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 I'm not even. I'm no, speaking really? to a dealer. That, that, and that, that, it's the only criticism I always have of the Turbo S. It's very dull. So I, I've never ever driven a, 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 a McLaren and thought, oh no, actually, that's wrong. Because I do think normally they are a little bit dull at mm -hmm. low speeds. Mm -hmm. And then when you get them up in the revs and you start driving them fast, then they come alive. Mm -hmm. Um, it's still a McLaren is still a loads more special place to sit than a Porsche. A Porsche, uh, you know, that is the problem with the 911 because it's so good. If you're if you're a normal punter that doesn't really know about cars, and you put them in the passenger seat, they don't know what 911. They just know they're in a 911. Yeah, they know they're in a 911. yeah whereas a McLaren, it's a load more of a, a, a you know, if you pull up outside someone's house in the McLaren. It's a wow! It's a supercar. The doors go up, and it looks—you know—it feels like an occasion inside. So I—I I get that bit for sure. 
But also, mate, as well, you can get a little bit hyped in the moments. And I've known you for quite a long time now, and I've seen this pattern for a long time where you get really, really excited about something, and then three months later you go, oh, actually, no, I don't like it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's uh, this space? I, I would put my hands up to that. <laughs> You are correct. But yeah. in this moment, yeah. I'm super hyped about the Arturo. And I'm really pleased for you. Uh, let me dispel a few myths which I I uh, created, basically, um, <laughs> that have been addressed now by McLaren. So firstly, to answer some of your questions, uh, the there'll never be a moment where you can't drive. Remember we had the whole cold start engine depleted thing? The battery always remains that minimum state of charge. It's always active. It's just the range on top of that which goes up and down. So you're always able to do the cold stop. You're always able to pull away. There's never a moment where you're stuck, stranded, waiting for the engine okay, to warm up. Okay, fine. I uh, knew there would be some sort of system. There's got to be something. Yeah. You can't was, ever... I mean, that would be ridiculous. It would have been ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, also, no matter what your battery state of charge and range is, you're always getting maximum power. As in, like, you know, you're never... It's never impacting the output um, they're always the, working together. They're essentially. always working yeah, together. Yeah. yeah. So that the the actual um, <coughs> the power range, train is always at its fullest. Fair. The range is just the ability to drive it in electric for a certain amount of miles. Exactly. Uh, the reason that the engine didn't kick in uh, when I was I depleted the EV range and I was in electric only mode is because it is designed to be just that pure electric mode doesn't let the engine kick in because if you want to use electric mode to creep away from your neighbours to drive through a town, whatever reasons, if then the car suddenly decides to wake the engine up, you're going to go, bloody hell car, I wanted electric mode. So it's user user issue as in my fault. You just turn it into comfort mode. If you want the engine, if you're losing power, turn it. it was my confusion, the fact that I thought I was in comfort rather than in electric. Fair. Um, if I think if I had realised sooner that I was in electric, I would have just switched the engine yeah, on. Yeah. And aside from that, I still don't quite understand the regen situation. Um, uh, I'm seeking a little bit further clarity, but fundamentally, you know, I, I got to grips with that a lot better. Um, and those have cleared up a few, I guess, of the of the questions or the queries. So the way the way I see it is that it charges up when. Not when you're accelerating, when you come off the accelerator. Yeah. And that's what essentially. I'm, when I said the first gear thing, that's what I'm... So basically, yeah, it's when you're sort of trailing off the, yeah. the throttle is when you get that sort of charge. And so in and around town, when in London, you can only go 20 or 30 miles an hour to build the revs high enough to benefit from the trail off the throttle. First gear, yeah, gave me that opportunity. Yeah. So going from 0 to 20 miles an hour, 0 to 30 miles an hour in first gear meant that when I came off the throttle, I was high up on the revs and I got a better state of recharge. Yeah. Whereas if I just left it in auto or if I was in third or fourth gear, the revs weren't climbing as high and I didn't get such recharge. It's been the, in yeah. an extreme situation where I was experimenting. Obviously, when you're out and about on the open road and you're shifting through the gears and you're braking and you're accelerating out of corners and roundabouts and junctions, that's when you get the recharge much right. quicker. But in and around town, it's harder to achieve in a very short distance unless, well, as I found... Uh, you own low gears and high rev. So it is a similar system to the to the the hybrid Ferraris thing because they're similar, uh, and it doesn't have brake regeneration. It doesn't have brake. Oh, okay, fine. Because I know that some hybrids obviously do have brake. For sure. Right. 
So yeah, anyway, I just wanted to clear up a few things on that because, you know, we spoke before I'd driven the car and I have now driven it. I loved it. And then, uh, yeah, McLaren came back with a bit of information about some of the, the queries that we had, I suppose. Anyway, let's move on because, yeah, oh my God, a ton of cars have launched in the last week or so, which is kind of insane. Um, and we've got to start, I guess, with the La Lamborghini. I'm going to give this my best shot now. Re Revuelto. Oh, no idea. Revuelto. This is the... Is that what it's called? Well... This is the Aventador replacement. Yeah. It, it apparently the name comes, it's a Spanish word. Yeah. For Not bold. that easy for, for Brits or Americans to pronounce. Or anyone. Well, I guess if you are uh, Spanish, French, Italian, <laughs> I, bet, I, I bet it's easier. Yeah. But yeah, Revuelto. Okay. It's, I struggle with my R's sometimes. They can turn into W's. So putting a W like, in like the middle Jonathan of them. Ross. Yeah, Joffa was. Yeah. Um, I've worked very hard on it over the years, Tony. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know. Every now and again, it slips out. And, it? and having a word that starts with R and then is quickly followed by a W, it's playing havoc with me. Does so you in? I'm Revuelto. 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 Anyway, I don't think it's a great name, but easy for us to say that right now. I bet in a year's time, we'll be like, oh, it's a Revuelto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll shorten it and make it our own. Yeah, the RV. Uh, thousand horsepower. Yeah. Plug-in hybrid. Paul Wallace was there, giving us all the exclusive content. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the way it looks? Embarrassing, the car. Embarrassing? The whole car's just an embarrassment, mate. What are you No, it's just a facelift of it. I'm, I'm being deadly serious. It is a facelifted Aventador with a double-clutch gearbox. And where have they put the double-clutch gearbox and the hybrid system? Right at the back. So when you use that system and you slam your foot on the brake, and the van behind can't stop, and smashes the back of your car up, you'll need a brand new hybrid system, and a gearbox as well. So, brilliant. I mean, I, um, they've probably got nowhere else to put it, because the car is huge. But, honestly, mate, when I saw the photos, I was really, like, underwhelmed. Like, really? It looks like, yeah, it looks like a big Technica. Um, the interior inside still does look like a, an Aventador, apart from the screen in the middle, which is Technica, essentially. I, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it'll be good because it's got a double clutch gearbox now, but it did look like a just a facelift Aventador with a thousand horsepower with a double clutch gearbox. So brilliant, well done, you've done a really good job. I really like it. <laughs> Do you really? I really and like it's gonna, it. Oh, it's going to be really heavy as well. I bet. I bet it's like people forget that that it's probably going to be eighteen hundred kilos. Do we know the weight of it? I'm going to find it now. It's got to be. It's got to be heavier than an Aventador. Yes. Uh, there we go. Can you see that? Can you read? I'm, no. My chance. eyesight's not good enough. Hold on. Driving an all-new eight-speed clutch gearbox mounted behind it, the new engine. Blah, blah blah. Is seventeen kilos lighter than the old one. Uh, where's the overall weight of the car? I should just Google it, shouldn't I? Does it say? Uh, let's Google it here. Oh, no, there you go. Uh, 1,700 kilos. Se 1,776. So nearly 1,800 Nearly kilo. 1,800 kilos. Yeah. So it's still not dynamically, it's still not going to be... That's not that heavy, mate. Are you joking? That's not that heavy. What, for a supercar, mate? How much is a Turbo S? But it's not supercar. Turbo is not a supercar. No, it's a super sports car. It's not. It's a. It's. A, I mean, that is stupid. No. Look at how much was an Aventador? Look at similar at seventeen. Yeah, and this has got a thousand kilo. horsepower. Yeah, but I'm talking about the dynamics of it, man. I'm talking about it going around a corner. I'm not talking about straight line. I mean, a Turbo S is a monster on a straight line. You show it a corner, it goes straight. 
and a supercar is not about that. You know, it's about corners and braking. And I mean, you take that car on a track, it'd be terrible. But has the flagship V12 Lamborghini ever really been about corners and twisty Alps? I mean, got the Nurburgring, got the Nurburgring record. The SVJ got the Nurburgring record, and they made such a big fuss out of it, and so did the Purple Manti. But we know that basically any car can get a Nurburgring lap record if you put it together. Yeah, you know, yeah, but they made a fuss out of it, though, mate. They made a fuss. It's, this is the, the dynamically the, the the best Lambo ever. It's okay, got the Nurburgring record. PR spiel aside, PR spiel aside, Kuntash, Diablo, Mercilago, Aventador. Terrible. Are you getting any of those cars and going, oh, I can't wait to get colder Torini in one of these. No, It's ter- going to be amazing on the dynamic roads. I, so I what's it for, then? What's the car for? Way more than attacking mountain roads. A, a, a flagship V12 Lamborghini is about theatre, drama, style, stance, flair, everything that a poster supercar should represent. And I get that bit, but you can't drive it because it's no good to just drive it in, in Monaco and Knightsbridge. Just drive it around the city so everyone can hear you. Which is what they've always done. And that's fair enough, but that's not what they originally said that, that, that you know, this car is a whole new car and it's going to be loads better than the Aventador. It's exactly the same. It's no. And I'll tell you another thing as well, which has really annoyed me. It's going to be 450. It's going to be nearly half a million quid. Well, let, yes. I'm going to come back to that in two seconds because I'll just pull you up on the fact that... I'm fuming. They say, oh, it's going to be new car, loads better. It probably is loads better than the Aventador. Well, it would they be odd. They didn't ever say, we are going to create... And Lamborghini, like no Lamborghini that's gone before, we're going to create a car that's going to rival uh, an SF90. We're going no to create chance. a car that's going to rival a McLaren 765. No chance. They, they didn't say that. Yeah. They said there's an all-new flagship V12 Lamborghini. And this, the open engine bay is pretty damn cool. Yeah. That I really like. Yeah. I think the new interior is a big step forward for Lamborghini. I know you said it's basically the Technica, but... Hey, I just spent that time in the Aventador Ultima, and it, it was hilariously 15 years old inside. Yeah, we could, but we could, we, we, we could have built a better interior in the Aventador, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, it was it terrible. Was, it was a disaster. Event. Of course. But this, this interior looks really nice. I know what you mean from the front, that it, it carries across some styling cues from Huracan Technica, but does that not keep its Lamborghini identity? As in, we see that across Ferrari, across McLaren, across Porsche, God damn it. That you look at it and you know it's a Lambo, okay, front on. But I bet in real life, if you see that car, you're not going to ever think it's a Hurricane. You know, you know the one for sure. You know the one really good thing I'd say about that car um, is that I am so pleased that Lamborghini have kept in the world that we live in today. First of all, I'm so pleased they've kept that big V12 because everyone is bidding them off and going electric and whatnot. Um. And they've kept the identity of big, stupid, loud, brash car. So that, so that's brilliant. Good. And if that's what it's for, no problem. But if it's there to, because originally this this car, they was going to release this car eighteen months ago or whatever. They decided to pull the plug on it because the SF ninety come out and they thought our car's not going to be anywhere near as good. So we need to put more power in it to compete with the SF ninety. That car won't get anywhere near an SF ninety dynamically. No chance. No, and I think, therefore, go back to what you just said. If it's not supposed to be, if it's supposed to be the brash, loud, shouty Lambo, which is then perfect, which is, I think, actually, you've got to take 
You've got to step away from their PR spiel. They are, of course... Why? So they sell the car. No, but it's not how they sell the car. Because as I say, no one is buying that... Some people ...to go and chase an SF90 on a mountain road. You don't buy the flagship V12 Ferrari for that. You just don't. Look I at agree. every event store in the world. You yeah. see them in city centers. Yeah. You don't see them out on twisty roads. So it's not a supercar then. If you go to the Swiss Alps and you're driving around at any time of year, I guarantee you, you will see a Porsche. Correct. You just will. Yeah. Occasionally, on some roads, you might see a Ferrari, but it's unlikely. Yeah. Usually it's around coastal roads between the beach club. <laughs> yeah, people don't drive Ferraris fast. They just keep nice to the next bloke. Literally. Literally. Uh, so the Lamborghini thing... you know. I, I think you've got to accept it for what it is and, and don't look at Lamborghini saying, oh, this is that, blah, blah. Because, of course, they're going to try and say that. They're not going to release a car and say, look, this car's really crap dynamically, <laughs> but it's got a great engine and its doors go up. Like, this, not- this car is basically the same car as we've had for the last 10 years with a double-clutch gearbox. Yeah, they brilliant. Can't really say, and oh. it's 450 grand, by the way. Well, but there, so that is the interesting point because that then does make it a direct rival for the SF90, which is, I think, why they had to hold it back, right? It is a direct rival for the SF90. It, it, exactly. Yeah. So, so because magazines around the world, people like us and owners are going to say, well, if I'm spending half a million quid, what are my options here? <laughs> it's an SF90 or it's an, a, a Revuelto. I keep wanting to call it the event store, yeah. a Revuelto. Um, they are going to look at some... Stats. If that thing had come out with 800 horsepower and a second slower than an SF19, all of this stuff, they would have been in trouble. But as but long why? as on that's paper, not why people buy them. No, but apparently. on paper, it's stats, isn't it? It's stats on paper so that in articles like this, the one that we're looking at from Autocar, on test days, on Top Gear, on podcasts like this, we can say, oh, stats wise, it's there or thereabouts. You then choose how do you want to drive a thousand horsepower? What do you want a car to say about you? Blah, 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 blah. And the Lamborghini owners are going to be like, Yanni's had one of these on order for 15 years. So Strad, man, like if you're a Lambo guy, this ticks every one of your boxes. Fair enough. But it doesn't do what it says it should do on the tin. No, what tin? I think you've made that tin up in your head. No, I haven't. What tin? Because, listen, Lambo have said that this car is a whole new revolutionary car, completely ground up. It's 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 more dynamic. It's more this. It's more that. It will obviously compete with the SF90, but actually, really, it's just a facelift of Intador. Where where did they say it was a ground up? Well, they've said it before in in press. What the what it is? It's a brand new ground up car. It's, it's a new car. Yeah, yeah, for sure it's a new car, but I it's wonder... Complete, it's got a new carbon tub on it. It's got a new centre for the hybrid system. Okay, so then what, what are you disagreeing the on with? The, on the, everything, the whole lot. You disagree that it's a new car? Well, it might well, on the face of it, it might well be a new car. It is. But, but you it doesn't buy, mean it's going to behave any differently. You buy, you buy runner beans from Tesco's, don't mean they run around a track. <laughs> Yeah. That was supposed to be a joke. That was awful. No, it's not a joke. It's, I'm telling you the truth. They have built an all-new car, but they've built an all-new flagship Lamborghini. They never said, we are building a totally different V12 Lambo. They never came out and said, 
our Aventador replacement is actually going to have none of the concept of a previous... La it's not going to be all-wheel drive. It's not going to be big and long and heavy. It's not going to have a big shouty V12. It's not going to flame. It's not going to be great in a straight line and make noise. They never said that. They didn't say that, no. No, they just said we're going to build a new flagship V12 Lamborghini and there it is. Right. It does what it says on the tin. Right, but it's not, it's not new. It's a facelift. It's exactly the same. Visually, it is similar. But you've just told me I can't even find it, but you just told me from ground up it's brand new. Yeah. Well, that's that's what they said. That's what the, the Lambo man said when they just before. So they therefore it's the not car. it's not a facelift then. I watched uh One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, that's what on the... On the Visually, you think it looks similar, but it's not. It's like, I mean, you know... Well, hold on a minute. It's 488 and 458. It's a facelift, isn't it? No. Why not? Different engine. Looks very similar. They're, they're, they look basically the same car. No, they, they don't. They look identical. <laughs> what? Are you crazy? Point proven. Different engine, different yeah. gearbox. I know, mate. Suspension. I'm trying to prove a point. Well, you're not. They look identical. They look like a 458 and a 488 look as look more identical than a Vuelvel Pro <laughs> and a Ventador. But they're not the same. Thank you. Listen to what you're saying. No, I am listening to what Let's I'm saying. Let's move on. Let's move on. Because it's a car that we can probably agree on. And it is uh, a new Gordon Murray car. Um, this man, hey, look, a legend, an absolute hero. And on paper, these cars sound incredible. But he's releasing cars, I mean, just willy-nilly. Like every, every six months, oh, I'm going to make another car. I don't think he's made any yet. I mean, yeah. there was that one that went around in Goodwood. But it just smells of, I need a little bit more money. So here's another variant you can give me a huge deposit for so I can finish the original car, which I actually told you I was going to build three years ago. You know, I, I, I say I adore what he's achieved. I think he's a genius. I think the idea of highly revving, naturally aspirated V12s in light cars with manual gearboxes. I mean, I love all of it. I really don't like the design of any of the cars. I think they're all, well, not ugly. I just think they're very bland like chat GPT generated AI, like make a supercar. And it looks like a Tesla Roadster. You remember those things that yeah. were built on Lotuses? Yeah, yeah, with an engine. 
And as I say, I'm just a bit like, it's a bit, it smells for me too much of Koenigsegg. Of like, well, it's a kit car. Let's just keep releasing cars that may never actually get made. Yeah. It's not the kit car element. It's the fact that anyone can say, we could sit here right now and say, we are going to build, Tony and I, a car based on the Enzo, but with a double clutch gearbox, a thousand horsepower, naturally aspirated V12. The best cabin possible. It's going to weigh just 900 kilos and it's been verified and certified by Ferrari. We're building it. Give us 500 grand. I mean, we don't actually have to, have to deliver anything, do we? No, I mean, like... The money. So, anyway, that that's my... I mean, it's genius. If I mean, that is genius, to be fair. Yeah, I guess. And I say the idea is brilliant. Like, if I had all the money, I probably would be going... No, I, I don't think I would buy it. At least it's got rid of the fan, this one. I think it's the baby one, though, isn't it? This is the T33. I don't, mate. I, I, I honestly have no interest. I don't know what that is. £1.8 million. Pounds. Yeah. £1.8 million. Pounds. Sounds a bargain for someone you don't even know. I mean, it's it's insane money. Like, in for £1.8 million, pounds, would you not just go and buy a Chiron? Yeah, I would, yeah. It's I, I, like I'd from have the, Bugatti. I'd have, how much is the Valkyrie? Two, two point. Something, something, I guess. Well, yeah. I'd rather the Valkyrie. At least it's got a bit of brand value. Yeah, like as I say, it's it's tough because I don't want to bash a guy that I admire so much and think is a genius. I just get really frustrated by these cars, and I know a handful of people who are getting the big one, the T fifty. Right. And I had a guy message me saying, "Look, my car should be coming early summer. Do you want to come and do a video on it?" Is that a couple of million quid? They're big. Yeah, they're big money. The T fifties, I think, are. Approaching three, I think. No, that's not. the fan card. Yeah, let's let's we'll Google that one real quick. Wow. Um, so this is the baby one. Yeah, this, this is, the is baby like one. the. So this is like really just a super. So yeah, car. three three million dollars. So I don't know what that is in euros. Two point three six million pounds before taxes. For the big <laughs> for the big one, and like I I just said like. I'm sure I'm sure it will be lovely. I'm sure it will be great, but there's just I cannot relate to it in any way no me too i would really struggle to justify <laughs> saying to my audience this car's great for three million pounds three million dollars whatever it hasn't even got apple carplay i probably will i mean it probably will but yeah for that money i just think they just look so anyway i i, I don't want to i feel bad bashing it but i gotta say my honest opinion right? i mean that car makes the lambo look like a masterpiece doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> we just spent 10 minutes slagging the Lambo off and I mean that is incredible compared to that thing I know if either of us drove that we would go wow engineering wise great but but I, I don't think I'd have a lot of interest in driving it though really no I really don't like if someone said to me do you want to drive a, the Chiron yeah or the um what about the, Koenigsegg? The, what about the Valkyrie? No, I'm not interested in Koenigsegg. Really? I wouldn't be bothered, mate, no. Or the Valkyrie or the, yeah. the AMG one. Project one, yeah. I'd be all over them. Okay. Uh, yeah, like Koenigsegg. I, I wouldn't even be that bothered about the Zonda stuff apart from the really old stuff. I'd like to have a go in one of them. Yeah. What, an early original Zonda? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same. Just, <laughs> just because, like, they're just... They what, are just cool. What they represent. Yeah. Car kind of thing. Yeah, and but it's you, not really about speed and... If someone said, take my Huayra for the weekend. Not interested. Not, really? Honestly, Matt, not interested. No. I'd take a Huayra quicker than I would take a Koenigsegg for the weekend. That's right. weird, isn't it? Okay. 
I did enjoy that CCX one that I drove um, from Octane, the sort of early, kind of the manual overpowered. But, but that's the thing for you, that's not going to interest you because it's a manual. If that was a, a double clutch V12. No, I'm still, I'm still not sure I'd be that interested, you know. Mm. Honestly. Yeah. I, anyway, as I say, like I, I feel bad because I think the guy is amazing at what he's achieved. And I'm sure, I'm sure in two years' time, well, I don't know if I'll ever get the opportunity to drive one, but I'm sure if I did drive one, I'd be like, wow, listen to that engine. But I just, yeah, I, 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 I kind of know. What engine? It's got the Merc engine in it or something? It's, no, it's a big Cosworth V12, isn't it? Right, okay. I think it's a big Cosworth V12. Um, anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, and talk about this stunner. Now, Genesis, this is oh. a GV80 concept. It's like a sports SUV thing. I think Genesis are doing some great stuff at the moment. Well, I've seen some Genesis stuff on the road. Look it's obviously that. not that one. It was the one... They do one now, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I've do a big one. SUV now. I, yeah. I struggle with all the names of things. Maybe it's the GVAT not yeah. coupe thing. But um, am I right in saying... Did they nick someone from Bentley for the design? That looks very Bentley. Yeah, it does, yeah. I think they might have nicked a Bentley designer. Yeah. But yeah, I keep seeing them knocking around. And yeah. they're good-looking cars, yeah. aren't they? And is this this is the premium department of Hyundai? Yes. It is. I'm right. Hyundai. Like, Hyundai. 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 Yeah, so exactly. This this is yeah. like Infinity used to be for Nissan, right? Yeah. Um, which are no longer. Which are no longer, at least in this country. In, in Europe. In Europe, there you go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think, yeah, design-wise, they're really nailing it. I keep hearing good things about people who get behind the wheel of them. I, th- I wonder what their interiors are like. Um, but this I'm all over. So I think it's a really pretty-looking thing. And I'm all for a bit of competition in this space. Are they expensive? You haven't had any come through? No. Really? No, no chance. None of the Genesis stuff? No, nothing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch it with a bars pole. I mean, who buys it? It's got to be cheap. But I keep, seeing, I keep seeing more of them on the road. Yeah, fair. But they could be company cars, as in, you know. Like you think they're all just press cars? Not press cars, actual, you know, people that work for Genesis. No, no, no. I see, I see, more, than, I see more than that right here. We go. We're on the Genesis website right now. So we've got G90, which looks like they're sort of, I guess, five or seven series saloon. Yeah. And then a G80. Okay, let's go to the SUVs. Yeah, GV80. That's their big, the big guy. So let's, how much is that? GV80. New. Explore more. Hey, here you are on the Genesis website. 2023 model I one. mean, that literally looks like a Bentley. That's huge, isn't it? It does look like a Bentley. I think, actually, they haven't released the pricing yet. Come on, this is classic behind the glass research. <laughs> As the episode is being recorded and live streamed over on Recast. Uh, come on. Come on. Someone give us a prize. But I'm sure it's reliable and I'm sure it's all right because it is Hyundai or oh, Hyundai or interior. whatever they like to call themselves these days. I think it's a. Pr- I think they're pretty cars. Yeah. But as you say, it's that kind of alternative choice, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, well, where in your thinking do you think of this car? Oh, wow. Dude, it starts at 40 grand. That's what you think of it. That's so much cheaper than I thought it would be. But what it's got. Heck? But it, but um, I mean, it has to be cheap for people to buy them. I guess because why? Why would you? Why would you buy one otherwise? You wouldn't buy one, would you? Because you wouldn't even think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I think they're doing great things in the design design world. Yeah. Um, any of our live stream viewers over on Recast, let us know. You got a Genesis? Spending time in the Genesis? Have you got Genesis? You might. <laughs> Could you imagine if three or four of them said, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, brilliant car. Yeah, they might. Um, now, news this week as well, that the 2026 Volkswagen T-Roc 
will be the firm's final combustion car. So VW are potentially going to be one of the first major manufacturers to go electric only. Mm, I know that Audi are really, really pushing electric as well. Obviously, they're owned by the same, they are the same Volkswagen Audi group. Um, so it doesn't surprise me, but they can backtrack, and I'm sure they will. Did you hear what Toyota said the other day? No, what did Toyota say? Uh, they're going to stop making electric cars, <gasps> concentrate on hybrid. On hybrid and any hydrogen stuff? Because they've Hi- previously uh, been into well, they definitely fuel cells. S- definitely said hybrid. Right, interesting. Um, I'm, I'm, I didn't read long enough to, uh, wow. to say, but yeah, they're going to stop. I mean, bloody hell, it's all changing quickly, isn't it? Yeah. So from Toyota saying that they're going to stop building EVs, from Germany greenlighting the fact that they can have uh, synthetic fuels post and it, the... And Italy. And it's Italy as yeah, well, yeah. fine. Yeah. P- Porsche, as we know, heavy in that space. Um, who was it? Stellantis, head of Stellantis came out saying, didn't he, saying that he's worried about lack of raw materials uh, available uh, to be able to make the entire world switch to an electric vehicle. Yeah, for sure. And he's not the first person to say that. There are quite a few studies into the fact that, yeah, lithium, nickel, various different elements that yeah. are also firstly have a big question marks around their mining procedures anyway at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, are we going to have enough raw materials and is it right that we should be mining those materials anyway and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, my God, in the last six months, the backtracking is is yeah. happening fast. Yeah. So uh yeah i would hold firm i would hold loose what i wouldn't rush into reading these kind of articles that say yeah last ever combustion engine yeah because i think yeah we might see this all change very quickly they might be backtracking yeah um and then finally something that i wanted to bring up and get your thoughts on was a a uh, some research done by hey car do you ever use hey car you do a lot of industry insights um, a good website. I know, I know of them. But yeah, I, used car values and valuations, things like that. Yeah. They released a report which said it was to help dealers make decisions about stock. So this right. is going to be, I'm going to quiz you on this and see what you think about their statements. This is, you know, they are a really legitimate business that do huge amounts of research. So these statements won't be wrong, but it's whether you've noticed them or what you think about them. Because the point supposedly of this research or this article or this report was to help dealers move forward to make decisions, right? Okay, so. so, first up, month on month, leads are up 47%. Inquiries, I guess, is what they're saying by leads, I guess is what they mean. So they think inquiries are up month on month. From when? Good question, I don't know. Just in from, general. From after COVID? Uh, January compared to December. Well, that's the same every year, though. <laughs> okay, so that's nothing new. That's nothing new. I so mean, the, la- the last quarter of the year in the motor trade is normally horrendous, and then January it picks up. Okay, so that's really nothing to shout about. No. <laughs> and it's not going to teach anyone anything. Nothing And at actually all. could promise some false hope, because you think, oh, market's recovering. It's just January. It's just normal. Just like YouTubers know that January's awful for AdSense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jan- January can be one of the best months of the year. Really? For it's some, all downhill from there. <laughs> for, for some... For some sectors, as in every... The problem is the motor trade's got so many different sectors. High-end, low-end, middle, sports, performance, SUV. They all change. And you speak to different dealers and different... Some of them are fuming. and Some mm. of them are having it off. So, but yeah, in general, that's, that's normal. Because uh. December's terrible. Next up, Nissan Qashqai. January's most popular car. 
with inquiries up 115%. I'm saying inquiries. They say leads. I don't know what that means. Leads up. But, but yeah, I mean, leads. This is the problem, you see. They're not motor dealers. They, they can, They're researchers. They, they, can, they can get the data, and leads don't always turn into sales. And by the way, that's one of the most common cars in the country, the cash car. So, I mean, of course it's regularly searched. And I wonder if that's a new... It ca- uh, must be used because they're used car experts. At, at, at one time, it was the best-selling SUV in the country, the cash country. car. Yeah. I, I actually love a cash car. A great car. Great car. Yeah, yeah, I so don't sell them, but I mean... It makes sense that people will be inquiring about them because they're very popular. They're extremely popular. Well, there we go. We learn something new every day. Or not. Uh, 50 to 60% rise in January leads for SUVs, MPVs and estates. That's right. So they, they think that the inquiries for bigger cars rose in January by nearly up to 60%. But we already... <laughs> we already hey, don't give them a hard time. No, no, no. no. Um, it's just that their their interpretation of the research is, is completely different to what I see. That's why Some, I wanted to bring this up. It's a great segment. Yeah, so as we know, SUV is the biggest market in the country. Full stop. So gem, generally... Winter time is a good time to buy a SUV because of the weather. Obviously, it's like you buy a convertible from now in the in the. So I wonder if they've got that section, have they? Does that mean that prices inherently are higher for SUVs There's, in the winter? They're always stronger in the winter, yeah. And then they okay. they they start to drop off. The, listen, the market, the SUV market, is normally is nowadays because it's such a popular car, is is fairly stable all year round, but. The, the cap valuation or, or dealers that do the job will tell you that from about this time onwards to about September, they fall off mm. because the demand goes away. Sure. Because everyone wants a sports car or, or a hot hatch or, you know, that, that that's just... And everything in this world is always driven by supply and demand. So, like any business, there's peaks and troughs. Yeah. So... Yeah, they are right, but do this now in April or May, and then see what the figures are then. Sure, okay. They'll be, they can be completely. They'll be completely different. Fair. Uh, leads are up in general. No, no, sorry, seventy-seven percent to one hundred percent for twenty nineteen to twenty twenty-two model years. So they're basically saying COVID interest in cars from the last three years are up a hundred percent. Yeah, because that's that's COVID. That's a stupid figure. Well. <laughs> Yeah, because no, 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 no. They're not saying from 2019 to 2022. They're saying cars that were built from 2019 to 2022 are what people are most interested in. Cars from 19. Yeah, but again, that's that's <laughs> that is the same. That that that's always been the same. Like, so in general, in general, the cars that are three years old. Hence, this is why you specialise in cars. in naught to three year old cars. <laughs> the biggest audience. And when you look at main dealers, generally, what they've got on their forecourt. It's naught to three year old. Could there be anything in the fact that inquiries are up so high because there's still production delays across the board? Uh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, although now, again, some of these manufacturers are starting to catch up now. Yeah, and, yeah. And you are starting to see more cars. Uh, BMW are one of them. As in, they are starting to catch up. Lead times are down. Um, and there are more cars coming through. Porsche is a huge one, by the way. I think they're going to deliver more cars this year than they have any other year. As in, partly that that is because of 
the delays they had for the last two years and they're just catching up. But they are going to deliver a hell of a lot of cars this year, Porsche, as a brand. So um, that will come down for sure. In general, you think as new cars turn up, yeah, and yeah. so and so will values. Yeah. And I know that some dealers and and people in general they don't like me talking about this, but it's the reality of the of what goes on in our world. It's yeah. supply and demand. Yeah, yeah. When supply's sure. there, then demand's lower. So makes sense. Next up, petrol still dominates with a forty five percent share. I mean, it does in my world mm-hmm. because I only sell diesels if they're SUVs. I don't, I don't buy. I, Would you sell like, like a five forty D saloon BMW or something? Don't. When do you see them now? When it's not, it's not really. People just buy an SUV, yeah. which is often a diesel. But even now, they're all going um, hybrid and petrol, especially the last two years. So we're seeing a lot more. I still think personally, if you've got a big SUV, a Range Rover, a Q Seven, a X Five, I still think. Because the, the diesel engines are so good and so efficient now, and they're cheaper than the hybrid and the electric variants, that they a, a diesel engine just suits a big SUV. And it, 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 when we when we buy an SUV in general, they're still diesels. But yeah. it is the only unless we take a car and part exchange, that's different. But I won't go out and buy a five forty diesel M. It's a great car, by the way. But I wouldn't go out and buy. It's like we used to buy E-class diesels and stuff like that, and um, Skoda Superbs and stuff like that. But we don't. There's no real call for it now. Yeah, I, I so. think as you say, petrol engines have become so efficient as well. There's not a, a sort of immediate sort of benefit or play. And you've spoken before about how diesel more expensive at the pump and things like that. So I just think when people are weighing it up, and yeah, petrol. Just, there's not such a huge obvious sway to one or the other. For economy reasons. I, I can give you a really good example as well. Back in the day, Golf GTDs were fantastic news. Everyone bought Golf GTDs. But now they buy GTRs and Golf Rs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're not too different in terms of money. It's very similar a GTR and a GTD. And like what you just said, when you weigh up the petrol and the diesel prices and the, you know, the running costs and the stuff. The range and things like that, yeah. Yeah, you just have the petrol. EV inquiries fell by seventeen percent in January. Well, we've 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 seen that, haven't we? In the in the values, we've seen that in the. I mean, it's super interesting that because we keep hearing and we we keep getting told and we do keep seeing that EV sales theoretically are, are holding taking up a bigger chunk of, I guess, new car sales as well. But like in general, there are more and more EVs though. getting registered on the road. Yeah. It, it, is the theory so we keep hearing that but then there was a lot of negativity around evs at christmas don't forget all those tweets and those videos of long queues at tesla superchargers and things like that and with other thing that we've been speaking about recently with synthetic and backtracking all that stuff like that is that a little a little clue that there's a little bit less confidence in the public in going out and buying an ev or is that just purely in january people aren't thinking about running out and buying an electric car no, no. I mean, I mean, an electric car should be like a normal combustion car, and it should be fairly solid all year round. I mean, we don't we don't see them sort of drops in in normal combustion cars mm. for sure. I mean, none of us would be in business. Yeah. Um. Just to give you an, I mean, I'd like to see the stats at the back end of last year what it was because I bet it was even more because they took a huge hit the back end of last year and they've continued into this year. Um, EVs 
And again, I can give you a really good example of some cars that I've had in stock. I've sold them all now. But um, at the the last quarter of last year, we took a Hyundai Arnic 5 yeah, 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 into yeah, part yeah. exchange. Uh, we give an amount of money for it. And I put it up for sale at 48995 Okay. So 49 grand. I sold it last month for 40,000 quid. Wow. So in three months, that's had nine grand wiped off its retail wow. value. In three months. So that that that's the high end. That's the 25%. It's huge. Uh, same with a Taycan. Yeah, I'm just going to bring up, because Paul sent those, um, uh, where was it? Paul sent those pictures the other day didn't he which i can't remember where they were from about uh teslas that were on oh mate yeah yeah let's yeah, see yeah. uh hold on a sec so much crap the pause oh classic from saxton's uh a tesla model 3 which was 40 grand it's now 28 yeah and then another model 3 which was 44 and now 29 yeah so if you've just got them at the wrong point and some of us did you know and there's quite a lot of dealers out there that, that would have, have taken a big pill on some of these mm. cars you know and uh, with similar thing, we had a, a, a Taycan rear-wheel drive in stock that, again, at the 1st of January, it was advertised at a uh, 100,000 quid. Bang on. I sold it for 89 grand last week. So that's had 11 grand wiped off its price, 10%. I know what a future episode we're going to do is, and Go you're going to really struggle with it because you're going to struggle to um, promote or, or suggest. But I want to do best value or best bargain used electric cars because they're depreciating so quickly now that theoretically there are some cars just purely based on price, not value for money, but you know, new Taycans at 145 odd grand as they are, you can pick them up on the used market for now 50 grand less with little miles and little something like that. So let's do that. Let's do that as a future episode is, yeah, the best bargain used EVs. Because yeah, yeah. I bet there are some steals you can have just purely because of how hard they are dropping. Yeah, well, the the, the problem is what's happened is is that they've always been really expensive yeah, EVs. Yeah. And actually, as we know, in general, they're less practical and a pain in the ass. So when you look at the product that they're competing with, which is the combustion car, and you take all them scenarios into consideration... They need to be cheaper than a combustion car because they're 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 not as good, they're less convenient, and they're a pain in the ass. So once they get cheaper than a combustion car, I then think they'll find their feet. I would There'll consider be an for them. a seventy-five grand Taycan Turbo S Cross Turismo. Yeah, it won't I be would. long. It won't be long. Final point then: oldest EVs are the most consistent and the best value. Well, that's the same as a petrol car. Yeah. Because they've lost, they've already lost their value, and 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 skimming past the fact that new EVs are just dropping like dead balloons. Yeah, I mean it's the same with it's the same with every single car out there. They always lose their biggest value um, between uh, zero and three years old. Yeah. Which is, by the way, I'll go back to it and I'll go into this one day about the margin scheme and how it all works. I'm not going to tell you the, the the money bit because that's dependent on the dealer. Because there's no set value of what we give and sell a car for. It's all about knowledge or guessing or whatever. Um, but I, I can give you a bit more insight into it for sure. Fair enough. Well, there we go. Uh, I just thought it was interesting to run that research past you. I mean, obviously, it's uh, it's light, um, but that's 
I guess they're just trying to get the headlines out there, aren't they? For someone who doesn't really know, they can look at this and go, oh, that's interesting. I mean, if de- if this is for dealers and they are actually taking this on board, I mean, find another career, <laughs> basically. I mean, you don't know what you're doing. Well, there you go. Truth has been told by Tony. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We'll, we'll, I think we'll bail on that point before you insult too many other people. But um, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. As I say, interesting to look through uh, some of these uh, new cars. We will be back with you again next week, uh, post-Easter. Going to have any chocolate chocolate eggs for this Easter, No, I'm mate? not really. Do you know what, mate? I'm not really a big chocolate person. Really? I'm more a savoury person. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm not mad. That's a lie. I'll have some chocolate. But uh, I will have some sweets. I like some sweets. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. do like a pig a, mi- a mix, don't yeah. you? Wary-bo. Yeah. Wary Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're getting some time off work, we hope you enjoy it. As I say, we'll be back with you next week. If you want to join us for a live streamed recording session where you can get involved in the live chat, you can head over to recast.tv forward slash behind the glass, where right now there is the latest episode of After could flag my F1 special series that I do along with I do with Paul Wallace uh, from Supercars of London. God, I really like mumbled my words there for a moment. That's nearly having a stroke. Uh, anyway, so if you want to follow Tony, he's at Tony Grammar with Car Sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media platforms. And yeah, we'll be back with you next week. Adios. See y'all.